Deities and Devotions. In this podcast, we discuss how our three writers, Ibn Khaldun, Augustine, and Ibn Daud, take one's action rather than one's creed as barometer of sound worship. Act for the glory of your own group, you're actually worshiping a tribal deity, even if you claim to worship God. If action is worship, you can say you worship God, Creator and Lord of all, only if you're committed to the good of all. Ibn Khaldun describes a people's moral vigor in cyclical terms. Their commitment to the good of all starts at a primitive level. A people who live far from the trappings of urban luxury are closer to the natural state, which is marked by a moral vigor in service of one's tribal group. Ibn Khaldun calls it group solidarity. It is this shared moral vigor, not any ruling power, that holds the group together. When linked to religion, this moral vigor extends to other groups, and such religiously enhanced group solidarity works for the good of all, and also empowers the group and its allies to aspire to superiority and rule over society. During the first generations of rule, the group retains its moral vigor and governs society with self-restraint. The dynasty is successful due to its justice, not its power. However, later generations lose this self-restraint, forgetting the moral vigor that brought their forebears to power, and so seek to enjoy society's goods for themselves, resulting in their corruption and eventual demise. When power exists for its own glory, rather than the good of all, the end is near. Rule for your glory, those around you will care only for their interests, weakening your power. Power's decline, history shows, is inevitable, since it's the nature of power to be devoted to itself or, as Ibn Khaldun says, to claim all glory for itself. Like Ibn Khaldun, Augustine sees history in terms of groups competing for superiority, but also acting righteously, even towards enemies when inspired by religion to act with self-restraint. He illustrates this by contrasting the conquest of Rome by barbarian forces, who were Christians, to the conquest of Troy by the forces of Greece, cradle of civilization. The barbarians, out of their devotion to the name of Christ, spared people and even mercifully liberated many of their captives. In contrast, the allegedly civilized conquerors of Troy, worshippers of false deities, showed no pity, sending their captives into slavery. In sum, while the world might classify you as uncivilized, your character shows in your treatment of others, especially those you've taken captive, indicating whether you worship God or a false deity. Ibn Daud, for his part, speaks of the ambiguous nature of power. Empires come and go, and yet the cyclical history of power can work for the good as new dynasties seek to establish their ruling credentials by correcting the wrongs of their predecessors. He attributes the survival of the ancient temple in Jerusalem, earthly sign of divine providence in the ancient Near East, to the vagaries of worldly power. The temple was destroyed and the leaders of the kingdom of Judah sent into exile by the Babylonians in the 6th century BCE, but the Babylonians were soon displaced by the Persians, whose rulers rebuilt the temple. But the Persians, unwitting agents of God's glory, were overthrown by Alexander the Great. In the end, power doesn't rule history, since it doesn't last. 
but God uses it to bring about the purposes of providence. What then deserves our devotion? Again, Ibn Daud is reminding his people of God's merciful care. The empires are all gone, but the Jews remain.